0: The monster under the bed. They always say it was just a bad dream. But what if it's not a nightmare?
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Not a Nightmare podcast after forever. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Rachel. And I'm co host, Courtney. And we uh, are finally back after Courtney's finally out of quarantine. Yay!
0: <laughs> I never actually had it, though, to be no. fair. No, thankfully. Her her husband did, so. Yeah, but I stayed away somehow. I never got it. We're in the same household, but my I've body's like, a, no.
1: I've had a lot of people that were, like, living with roommates or significant others that had it, and they just didn't get it.
0: And i um, i read heard a lot about. of stories about that, too. I mean, we did, you know, things safely. Like, luckily, we have a big enough house that we could... It's not big by any means. Like, don't think I live in a mansion, because <laughs> no, I'm still broke. But um, we have two bedrooms, so he was able to sleep in the guest room, and then we have, an, like, a, a normal space and then like a basement like a finished basement so yeah, he's been like a down decent there size. it's not huge but it's decent size so he yeah. has enough there's enough room to spread out yeah like i've been in this room that we're in right now pretty much the whole time because mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm trying to like stay away from everything i would make him like super something i would bring it to the table downstairs and then i run back upstairs and he would go <laughs> get it
1: <laughs> at the very beginning of this um i was exposed to someone who thought she had it she did not and i had to be like quarantined in my room for like five days straight, and I had all my food left at my door. I felt like I was in prison. Yeah. Okay. Like, someone would knock on my door, leave the food, and run away. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm still a person. I miss
0: human touch." touch. <laughs> it was a long... It was a month, actually, though, because we were exposed. And then that first week that we were, like, you know, we're quarantining to get our test results, he finally got the test a week later. That's when we found out. So then, because he was positive and I was still negative... He had to quarantine for about, like, 10 to 14 days, but then after his was done, I had to quarantine for 10 days <laughs> before I could go anywhere just to make sure that no symptoms popped up. So... You don't realize yeah. how much you miss just, like, random eye contact with strangers across, like, a barista bar until you can't go anywhere. I'm not even kidding you. I first went to work, yes, uh, two days ago at this point. It was the first time I went back to work since last year. It's mm-hmm. the first time I've done anything since last year. <laughs> and I was talking to my coworker and I didn't realize how much serotonin I had in my body until I left. And I was like, wow, I'm actually like conversating with people in real life. Like, this is crazy. Well, a
1: lot's happened already for 2021. A lot, of, a lot has happened. <laughs>
0: it's so. only the 23rd day. But... Not that we're counting or anything. No. <laughs> but... No. I mean, Happy New Year, though, because yeah. we didn't get to say that,
1: obviously. And we've missed you. And in the meantime, we've been writing stories because, you know, what else is there to do when the world's burning around you? we <laughs> <laughs> to try and focus on the little bits of serotonin
0: you have. So. Right. Exactly. Um, one real quick thing that I did hear that is in, like, genre of what we're doing is they're <laughs> a, going to be releasing some files on, like, UFOs and stuff, I think, in the government with the new stimulus package. It's, like, somewhere in there. That and, like, actually the next... works out
1: perfectly with my story.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, it has to do with aliens. Well, Look at us on brand. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's in, like, the next 180 days or something. They said they have to release some some sort of... I don't know how in-depth it's gonna be, but I heard that they're gonna release some sort of information on UFOs. And they've actually been a little bit more open with it lately. Well, because
1: at this point, it's, like, I think they realize that nothing's gonna shock us. Like, if they can literally have a video of a we're just Man waiting. on Mars. And we'd be like, cool. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. We're literally <laughs> just waiting for it. We're like, all right, we've gone through a pandemic. We've gone through murder hornets. Like, where are the aliens? You could literally tell me that, you know, the government's run by lizard people. And I would
0: be like, yeah, yeah. no, that checks out. you Yep. <laughs> uh-huh. I get it. <laughs> Which is a theory, by the way. But um, um, speaking of, so what are you sharing with us today, <laughs> Okay, so I aliens for me are like a lot
1: more scary than paranormal stuff, it's all freaky to me, because yeah. I am i get freaked out by all of it, and I love it, but it's just something about aliens just seems so much more plausible, because, like, the idea of, like, spiritual stuff, like, it's, I believe in it, I'm step- skeptical, but I believe in it, but it's also, like, harder to wrap your head around, like, another, like, plane of existence than it is to, like, think of another, cr- just, creature that lives on another planet, you know what I mean? Alright, so, before we get into the little tale about, you know, all the aliens and stuff, oh. we got a new oh. candle. What is it? Lavender vanilla. Lavender vanilla. Yes.
0: We gotta get more candles. Yeah, I know. Do you guys like... have any
1: recommended candle scents? Hi, Twix. Her kitty's
0: in here with us. He wants to. He's making biscuits up. right now. And yeah. fun fact, when he makes biscuits, when he like, needs, he meows. He has he... to. He lets everybody know. He's like, I'm making biscuits right now. He's usually in some. here
1: when we do these. He yeah. likes. He's a little horror fan too. Huh. Hi, Twix. So, my story is on the kentucky hopkinsville goblins that's a lot yes i don't know why they call them goblins it is an alien story but i guess like they just started calling them goblins because of the description they gave
0: so are goblins the same thing as no as well? no they're
1: not,
0: <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> not the same thing okay uh, but they just that's what the
1: title they went with i don't know they didn't say aliens but yeah no okay so let's get into it i'm ready Have you ever wondered why aliens are so often depicted as little green men in movies and literature? It never seems that the characteristics of our possible space neighbors vary very much. Well, the mythology began in part on the night of August 21, 1955, when a large farm family rushed into the Hopkinsville, Kentucky Police Department with a story that would come to be regional and national news within 24 hours. Their story of a terrifying siege by otherworldly beings would become one of the most detailed and baffling accounts of an alien close encounter on record. Notable for the large number of witnesses, nearly a dozen, the duration of the encounter, which was several hours, and the close proximity between the witnesses and the creatures, sometimes just a few feet away. The alleged encounter occurred on the Suttons' farm in the tiny rural hamlet of Kelly, Kentucky where the family lived in an unpainted three-room house without running water, telephone, radio, TV, or books. Of all the details of their story, the UFO landing, and the appearance of small alien creatures, one fact is indisputable. When the eight adults and three children arrived in the nearby Hopkinsville police station at about 11 p.m., they were genuinely terror-struck. At around 7 p.m. that hot Sunday evening, Family friend Billy Ray Taylor was fetching water from the backyard well when he saw a floating silvery object. He watched it fly slowly and silently over the house, a bright rainbow exhaust trailing behind it before it stopped in the air over the woods and flew straight to the ground. Taylor, 21, and his now 18-year-old wife had come from Pennsylvania to visit Lucky Sutton, with whom he had worked on a traveling carnival. The Suttons, 50-year-old widow and matriarch Glenny Lankford, her two older sons and their wives, A brother-in-law, and the widow's three younger children, ages 12, 10, and 7, didn't take Billy Ray seriously, laughing off his UFO incident. An hour later, alerted by the dog's incessant barking, Lucky and Billy Ray went to the back door and made out a strange glow, in the midst of which they spied a small, humanoid creature. It was about three and a half feet tall, had an oversized head, almost perfectly round. Its arms extended almost to the ground, its hands had talons, and its eyes glowed with a yellowish light. The body of the being gave off an eerie shimmer in the light of the night's new moon, as if the being were made of silver metal. Terrified, the two men grabbed a 20-gauge shotgun and a 22 rifle and fired at the man, its hands now raised as if held up at gunpoint as it came towards the back door. The little man reportedly did a flip, scrambled upright, and fled into the darkness. Shortly after, the men saw a similar creature appear in a side window and fired through the window screen. Still seemingly impervious to bullets, the little man again flipped and then disappeared. Mrs. Langford went into the hallway and crouched next to Billy as she saw one approaching the door. The drama then escalated as Taylor stepped outside under the small, overhanging roof, and those behind him saw a claw-like hand reach down and touch his hair. The group screamed and pulled Taylor back, while Lucky shot above the overhang and then at another similar creature in a nearby tree. It floated to the ground and then scurried into the woods. The Suttons moved inside and spent several hours listening for movements, hearing mostly occasional scratches on the roof. At 11pm, the whole group ran for the cars and hightailed it to the Hopkinsville Police Station at top speed. After the local police chief called for backup, his team was joined at the Sutton Farm by state police, military police from nearby Fort Campbell, and a photographer from the Kentucky New Era. There, investigators found shell casings from the gunshots, but no other evidence. Neither could they find proof of heavy drinking. According to the Sutton matriarch, liquor was not allowed in the farmhouse. Once the police and others left, though, the creatures returned between 2.30 a.m. and daybreak. Mrs. Langford said she saw one glowing repeatedly by her bedside window, its claw-like hand on the screen. In the following days, after radio stations and newspapers reported the incident, hundreds of curiosity seekers descended on the farm, often ridiculing the Suttons as ignorant or fraudulent. When no trespassing signs proved useless at discouraging them, the family tried charging admission. 50 cents for entering the grounds, a dollar for information, ten dollars for taking pictures. After that, skeptics blasted them as fortune-seeking fabulists. As the Kelly story spread into the world, it took on a life of its own. The number of little men grew to a dozen or more. A few years later, the little metallic men were conflated with an Eastern Kentucky woman's report of a flying saucer and a six-foot-tall man in green, helping launch the myth of the little green men. The day after the incident, Police investigators returned to the farmhouse, searching for evidence of a saucer landing, footprints, blood trails, or scratch marks on the roof. They found nothing. Bud Ledwith, a local radio station employee, interviewed the adult witnesses and made drawings based on their accounts. According to Davis, he was impressed by their remarkable specificity and consistency, even though the men were away from the farmhouse all day, unable to coordinate with the others. While the incident eventually attracted the attention of the Air Force UFO investigation program named Project Blue Book, documents suggest that its team never officially pursued the matter beyond checking in with their Fort Campbell counterparts who had briefly been at the scene the first night. One of the most thorough investigations of the Kelly incident was undertaken in 1956 by ufologist Isabel Davis and published several decades later by the Center for UFO Studies. Her nearly 200-page report included detailed maps, drawings, documentary records, summaries of similar accounts around the world, and interviews with several Sutton family members and police investigators. Davis summarized the police investigators' concerns about the lack of physical evidence, but to her reckoning, none of the possible explanations— a deliberate hoax, a publicity play, group hallucinations—made sense. While questions arose about whether the young men were exaggerating, possibly fueled by hidden stores of liquor, Davis's strong impression after meeting Mrs. Langford was one of a somber, no-nonsense matriarch who abhorred the limelight and had no reason to lie. None of the witnesses, Davis noted, had any history of making preposterous allegations. In 2006, Joe Nickel, Senior Research Fellow of the International Committee for Skeptical Inquiry and a self-styled paranormal investigator, reviewed the accumulated evidence in an article titled Siege of the Little Green Men, the 1955 Kelly, Kentucky Incident. In it, he raised suspicion about what he called Billy Taylor's embroidered testimony. He matched Taylor's UFO sighting with similar reports from that day, which suggested a small meteor in the vicinity. As for the Little Men, Nickel floated an explanation used for alien encounter stories, owls. In particular, the great horned owl. The species of owl has long wings that could be mistaken for arms, along with talons, yellow eyes, long ears, and a round head that might have also matched the Little Men description. As for their metallic shine, Nichols suggests they could have easily been reflecting moonlight. But while great-horned owls are known to be active at dusk and extremely aggressive when defending their nest, some investigators question characterizations of the creatures as hostile. To some, their behavior that night in Kelly appeared to be simply curious. But unless these creatures decide to make another surprise visit, we may never know what their intentions were that night.
0: So as a skeptic's point of view on this... Mm. There was one part where you said obviously at the very beginning that they had nothing to keep them entertained. Yes. So I was thinking, <laughs> they're bored as hell. Why don't yeah. they make up a story. Their imaginations, I'm sure, are running wild. True. Bring I mean some The only thing,
1: thing is, I mean, like yeah, maybe it was just because of boredom if they made it up, but they didn't really have a reason. They to, made like, money. Barely. I mean, they didn't start making money at first. Like, if they were actually trying to make money off of it, you think from the very beginning they would be like, oh, you want merch? Like, we can whatever. But they didn't do that.
0: What? They only
1: started charging people because people were literally like breaking into their house and stealing things as like souvenirs for being there and like trespassing on their property and shit. And so they're like, well, if you're going to be here, you're going to pay us to be here. Which I, I mean, guess makes fair. sense. Because I mean, if people were trying to come into my house, I'd be like, no, give me 20 bucks. Then yeah. you can go see house. <laughs> <my> house. <laughs> but.
0: I don't know. Just, it's, like, again, just, it, it, they could have seen it. I'm not saying that they definitely didn't. I'm just saying from, like, a skeptic's point of view, that was the one thing in my head that popped up was, like, well, maybe they're just bored. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. But, I mean, going to the police, I guess, is just, I don't know. Well, I've heard crazy stories. Like, I heard a story on a, a different podcast that I was listening to that this family made up um, that their kid got uh, taken by a weather balloon. And what? they went to the police. Like, it like... They said that their kid was, like, somehow taken by a weather balloon and he was up in the air. Or something. It was some sort of thing that, like, is in the air that he was taken by. And the police were, like, freaking out because they were like, if he lands, and he'll probably die. So we have to get them. We have to get the boy out and, you know, make sure he doesn't die. And, like, the fire department. They just wanted the clout. It was literally the boy was hiding in the garage somewhere. And the parents just wanted the clout. To
1: happen? I don't really know. When you report a person missing, and they find the person not in the spot you said they were, like in your closet,
0: yeah, that's they, it obviously we <laughs> were very dumb. This happened in Colorado, I think, like um, maybe two thousand something or some sometime around then. Um, but they just wanted attention, so that was why I, my thoughts kind of went to that as well. Like again, not saying that's definitely what it was, but yeah. like as like a. A different skeptic point of view mm-hmm. um but I mean that's creepy if that actually did really happen because I can't even imagine seeing something outside at night with like glowing eyes and like claws on my window because <laughs> one I'm always afraid to look out the window at night I don't know if anybody else feels like this <laughs> sure but I <laughs> cannot because I'm afraid something's gonna pop up and be like ah so, I did, like, a little bit of editing on
1: this, but I got this from, uh, I believe it was history.com, where they, like, did, they like looked through all the interviews and the books and everything, and I'm like, it's a good, it's a good source of information. I'll use that. But, yeah, no, the other thing that I thought was kind of cool about it was that it's not like, one, there were so many people. It wasn't, like, it was, like, two people that were like, hey, let's fuck around, like, whatever. It was a bunch of adults and kids. Mm. Which I guess, I mean, you could tell kids, like, hey, we're gonna pretend they're aliens, like... Well, that's
0: what the family did. They had their other son go tell the police.
1: (laughs) What assholes. Yeah. (laughs) The the poor kids. I know. I mean, they... I don't know. There's another thing. I was looking at, like, interviews of, like, the... um, Like, the relatives of the people that were involved and stuff like that. And I guess uh, that guy Lucky, his daughter... Um, she heard the story from her dad and everything. He always insisted it was true. And her grandmother that was there, the matriarch they kept talking about, um, she was a very religious woman, like super, I don't remember if it was Christian or Catholic, but she was a really religious woman, like a no-nonsense, like everything-by-the-book kind of person. And I guess every time she got interviewed, like she had like genuine fear when she was talking about it. And so Mm -hmm. that's the only other part of it that... Wouldn't make sense to me. Like, yeah. maybe it was they were seeing something that wasn't really aliens, but whatever it was, I do believe scared the shit out of them. Yeah. Enough for them to at least be shooting guns off in their house and, like, the grandmother to be that afraid.
0: Yeah. <laughs> talking I mean, about it. Totally. Like I said, just from a skeptic point of view, it could be that, or it definitely could have happened. I mean, there's definitely a lot of encounters with these weird creatures. It'll just. It also sounds weird because, like, these, uh,
1: the creatures, the way they describe them doesn't sound like a lot of descriptions that other people have given of, like, alien encounter, like, experiences. Right. I mean, like, yeah, there's all, like, oh, a lot of little small green men, whatever. One, they never said they were green. So that was never a thing. They were, like, so. I wonder if they were, like, gray, because they said metallic. A lot of people that have had experience do say, like, they are like, yeah. color. Right. So, I mean, that, that can be
0: it. It's, there's, but, like, a, a species of aliens that they think um, that exist. And then, oh, my God, I wish I remembered the name. And everyone's going to be like, you're not a real horror podcast. You remember <laughs> the alien's name. It was Gray something. I didn't even know there were different, like, species. That <laughs> oh, there's, like, fry? different species of aliens that they have beliefs that are out there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, that's even scarier to think that they're, the like, The most popular one.
0: one are the great ones, though. Like, that's the most popular ones that have been seen and... God. it literally like
1: makes me sick to my stomach thinking of seeing a real alien I mean like I said before that would scare me more than seeing a ghost cause the thing is yeah. I think the thing about it is like <clears throat> I got you thinking of it just now <laughs> it's like one the spiritual stuff is way harder to wrap your head around cause like it's one of those things where you could be like oh no like another dimension that's crazy like I'm just imagining things but like it's not that implausible it's easier to, to write of off like, than aliens. Yeah. But it's not that... It wouldn't be that shocking to me if they found out there was life on another planet. Because I feel like it's kind of naive to think that we're the only, like, mentally intelligent beings in the entire universe. Yeah, like, there's, there's no, no way. There's no way. Even if they're not in contact with us, I believe that there's got to be a planet in some galaxy somewhere where there's living beings. Do they necessarily look anything like us? Probably not.
0: But <clears throat> a lot of people were saying... That some sources were saying that, and I'm not saying this is factual, that I this is definitely a thing. What I heard, uh, some sources are saying that there are aliens among us, but they have adapted to look like us. I feel like that's far
1: fetched to me because I, I mean, like, not that it couldn't happen, I guess, if they had the technology to do that, but I just feel like. It'd be more it would make more sense to me that like, you know, UFOs exist because they, you know, they found their our planet. They're investigating us and stuff. Like kind of I mean, I'm sure we would do the same exact thing if we found a planet, we would like be yeah. checking it out. But um We would do that Mars,
0: you know. Yeah, if Mars was if Mars
1: was covered in little green men. <laughs> yeah. But no, just I Yeah, I mean I'm I'm a little skeptical of this story too. But there's also a lot of that I don't understand. Like why would Eleven people just suddenly be like, you know what? Let's let's just say that there are aliens here. (laughs) We're bored. Yeah, (laughs) why not? (laughs) No, uh, totally. Yeah, and then the rest of their lives, everyone's calling them crazy, and they get harassed and shit like
0: that. So it's like, I mean, yeah, is it worth the cost? Like, yeah. So. So just recently, I think a few weeks ago, they um, had another UFO encounter in uh, Hawaii, in Oahu, actually. They That doesn't surprise me at all. Cause I mean, I had one when I was there. Which Mm. I explained in my uh, personal experience podcast, which you haven't listened to. Go check that out. Go check that out. Uh, And I guess they saw a weird spacecraft in the air all of a sudden just kind of, like, shoot into the ocean. Huh. And obviously everyone's like, what the heck? At first, everyone was thinking, oh, my God, did a plane go down? You know, like, they were calling all the military people. Since there's a lot of military bases on Hawaii. At first, they were like, it could have been one of them, obviously. Yeah. And they were looking through all of their stuff, and they said that none of them had any aircraft in the air right now, like, anything going on, of what they said, could, obviously, they be lying, yes, because maybe they're testing something that they don't want everybody to know about, and it just
1: didn't go well. Yeah.
0: But, again, also, why would it just go into the ocean, they're like, oh, no, no, nothing. (laughs) Nothing's (laughs) happening. Nope. So... I, and like how Hawaii is definitely a big area for aircraft, well, UFOs to go over. I wouldn't doubt it.
1: Well, because it's, like a little space in the middle of the ocean. I feel like a lot of these UFO sightings are usually in, for the most part, in not as populated areas. Not like yeah. hugely like big city, whatever. Not that I mean. I know Hawaii is populated, but like it's also
0: it's literally not over <laughs> like in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. Like, so it's like it if takes six hours happened. to fly there from California. Yeah. So it's like, if
1: if, if they're going to go anywhere, it's a good place to go. It's in the middle of the ocean. They can just zoom right over and be like, what's going on over here? Right, exactly. <laughs> and, oh, God, just aliens freak me the fuck out, man. Did I ever tell you, real quick, did I ever tell you the, um, like, alien story that my mom had? Um, my mom, when she was, I think, she said 17? I hope I'm not butchering the story. Uh, she said she was asleep and got up at, like, 2 or 3 in the morning-ish to go downstairs. And then she... Oh, God! I don't remember all the details. I remember she said she went outside for whatever reason in the backyard and she looked up and there was this big, like, black shadow triangle floating really slowly and completely dead silent over our house. Like it made no noise, which, I mean, we don't have the technology for that yet.
0: Right.
1: Um, As we know of. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and she saw it, obviously freaked out, ran inside, got her dad, my grandfather, and woke him up and said, "There's something with the house, whatever." And they went outside; it was gone. And so she got in the car with him, and they drove around trying to find it, and didn't find it anywhere. And I just thought that was wicked freaky. <laughs> that is definitely very yeah. freaky. Yeah, well, like she's never had any ghost stories, but she had that. And I've never had any like alien stories, but
0: I mean, there was that one <clears throat> weird time near my house. Mm, there back was, in the day. yeah, there
1: was one time we were. Her house used to be on a huge hill, like yeah. like big, like very steep. Literally a mountain pretty (laughs) much. (laughs) And so from the top of it, you could see like over the tops of the trees and everything. And I remember we had gotten out of your car and we were talking on your steps for a while because it was, I think it was when it was warmer out. Yeah. I
0: mean, yeah. Yeah. And
1: we looked off in the distance over the trees and we saw this like, you know, little light floating and we thought it was a plane. It
0: looked like a plane at first. But then it just stopped
1: midair and we were like,
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> we both just kind of looked at each other like, do you see that?
1: Because we weren't, like, saying anything about it, obviously. It was a plane, but then we both, like, were looking at the trees, and we saw it stopped and looked at each other, and we were like, what the fuck? And it, then it went backwards. Yeah. And then it was going up and down, which, you know, fucking planes don't do that. They don't go backwards. They don't, like, reverse. you yeah be, like, <laughs> yeah, no. in the air and then up. And, and then, then, like, it went up again, went all the way to the right, and then it went down, like, below the trees, and we were, looked, looked at each other like, what the fuck? And then we went inside. <laughs> and we yeah. just pretended
0: it didn't happen. <laughs>
1: It was a little weird, definitely. I mean could it have been a drone, maybe, but that was also before drones were really like a thing with like
0: Oh, that was, that way was before way before.
1: Yeah. I mean, theoretically maybe, but it wasn't like now people have drones for
0: sale that they can just play around with and stuff. This was way before that was a thing. Yeah, there weren't drones like that for sale yet. This was God, maybe 20. like
1: third. Yeah, I think, I
0: think this is when drones were like really expensive. Yeah, like yeah. not something that people just had. Yeah. So. Yeah. I and mean, I didn't live in a rich neighborhood at all so <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the anyone would have had them. We're very slim. Yeah.
1: But yeah. So that's all my alien story and I uh, I really want to like I have a lot of good alien stories that I want to bring to this podcast, honestly. Yes, <laughs> because they freak me out and this was We'll just definitely one of do another
0: episode fully on like just aliens. Oh yes, please. Cause I'm I'm excited to do that too. But speaking of aliens, mm. mine has to do with aliens in a way as well. Wait, really? Mm-hmm. What? We how do we keep doing this. I know.
1: <laughs> Not
0: fully, but um have you ever heard of Skinwalker Ranch? Maybe. So Skinwalker Ranch is an area that is very much known to have a lot of alien encounters mm. happening around and that it's a very hot spot for that. Um but yeah, so I'm going to be talking about skinwalkers in particular. But obviously skinwalkers have to do with Skinwalker Ranch and there's a lot, also a lot of alien encounters there too, so
1: Ooh, it's got a little little mixy DM. Yeah. Alright, alright.
0: Okay. Creep me out, Courtney. Hopefully I will. We'll see. <laughs> So I have a little background, and then I have, I think, two or three stories of someone encountering these so-called skinwalkers. Oh, fuck yeah. There are many cryptids that are allegedly walking the earth, one of them being so frightening that even the Native Americans where the legend began do not like to call it by name. That being the Navajo Skinwalker, or in the Navajo language, it's known as the and I'm going to butcher this, but I'm gonna try. It looks like ye now Shushi. <laughs> That sounds (laughs) very incorrect. It's very incorrect, but it's like, it has a very weird spelling. Yep. (laughs) It means, with it, he goes on all fours. The Navajo Skinwalker is a demonic humanoid figure that can transform into four-legged creature. Most have described seeing it as a deformed animalistic body, marred face, and blazing orange red eyes. These creatures are evil, dangerous, and extremely difficult to kill from being incredibly fast and agile. If ever face-to-face with one in its animal form, the only way to kill it would be a bullet or knife dipped in white ash. However, you cannot kill one in its human form, so it is said to be able to protect yourself. You cover yourself in corn pollen, cedar ash, or juniper berries. Now, how do you tell a normal animal from a skinwalker? A skinwalker will never be able to obtain the animal perfectly. It won't move as naturally as a regular animal would, and the footprints it leaves will never be the correct size of the actual animal's prints. When it comes to being in human form, it can easily copy someone's voice and use that or a baby's voice to lure its victims. It can even read human thought. There is way more to deep dive into when it comes to the Navajo lore. The Skinwalker legend was really just in the Native American community until 1996 when an article titled Frequent Flyers from the Desert News was published. This covered a Utah's family terrifying experience with a mysterious creature as well as cattle mutilations, UFO sightings, disappearances, and random crop circles. This all occurred on what is now known as Skinwalker Ranch. Terry Sherman and his wife Gwen lived on this property with his family. One night, Terry was walking his dog around the ranch when they encountered a wolf, or so he thought, until he noticed its glowing red eyes. Then he could see it was about three times bigger than what a normal wolf would be. Terrified, Terry shot three gunshots into this beast, and it did nothing. The beast was completely unfazed. Terry and his dog made it back safe. The Gwen family would also have UFO sightings above the area. Seven of their cows have died or disappeared. One cow had its rectum perfectly carved out, while another had a hole cut into the center of its left eyeball. Its butthole? Its butthole was cut out. Why? I don't want to know, actually.
1: Why why the booty?
0: The cattle would be surrounded by an awful chemical smell. A cow that had vanished left tracks that just suddenly stopped. Another time, while Terry was walking his dog... He heard voices that spoke an unrecognizable language. The dogs would start barking and going crazy and again would have to go back home. After these encounters and only owning their ranch for 18 months, the Shermans decided to sell the property. Several owners after them had said that they also encountered the same type of creature. It made a popular site for paranormal researchers to come and investigate that area. And that is how it eventually got the name Skinwalker Ranch. So... Now we're going to move on to a story I believe I found on Reddit of somebody encountering a skinwalker. I was visiting my grandparents out in Shiprock, New Mexico during last October to see family and to go to the Northern Navajo Nation Fair that week. Many Navajo people, including my own family, are very reluctant to speak about skinwalkers because it is believed to attract their attention. However, I grew up away from the Navajo Nation and was very naive about the subject. When it came to skinwalkers, I was an absolute skeptic. My mom used to tell a story of how back in the 80s, when she lived with her siblings and my grandparents, still in Shiprock but the southern outskirts, about how she and my aunt saw a skinwalker just outside their driveway under a streetlight. She described it as a black dog with dirty fur, a twisted noodle-like front leg, and these unnatural <laughs> sorry, eyes. Sorry, noodle. <laughs> <laughs> even noodle leg? These unnatural eyes with a soft, burnt orange glow. Me, being my own closed-minded self, doubted every word, but I never said my doubts aloud. These doubts totally changed last year when I went to my grandparents' house. Me and my family had just finished going to the carnival at Navajo Nation Fair and called it a night. The house was close enough where we could walk home in just 10 minutes, so we did. When we got there, it was about nine at night where we stayed up until 2 a.m. catching up about family affairs and the local news. It was during that time that i just decidedly opened my mouth and blurted out the question, hey, are skinwalkers real? Guys, I asked. You shouldn't be speaking about that, my grandma said with almost a disturbed yell in her voice. She and my grandfather both decided to go to bed. After being scolded by my mom, one of my aunts chimed in with a very cautious tone and says, they're real all right. Had a few starts screaming outside of my trailer in Farmington just a few nights ago. Your cousin had nightmares the whole night and woke up crying that morning. Not wanting to push discomfort any further, we all decided to go to bed. Now the trailer home is pretty old and it was a really nice night, so we slept with the windows open with the screens to prevent bugs coming in. Everyone had drifted off the sleep, except me, because my mind was still going a million miles a minute about skinwalkers and wondered if I ever encountered one while here on the reservation. As a kid, I was told it was taboo to think about skinwalkers because it can still call their attention. That's when the shit totally hit the fan. Just as I was settling and finally getting relaxed for sleep, I started to hear something moving outside. I get up from the couch and start wandering over to the kitchen window. In the trailer, all of the rooms have the lights out, so the only visible light that can be seen is from the porch light out front. I was thankful for this because I told myself if it really was a skinwalker outside, then hopefully it wouldn't notice me seeing it so I muster up the courage and take a quick scan of outside. From the porch light, all I can see is the dusty ground and the vehicles that my family drove along with some old metal trash cans that stood beside the road. Looking for about a good 5 seconds, I wasn't able to see anything, so I was getting ready to turn around and walk back to bed thinking it was just a stray cat or something. Only have taken 2 steps, I hear what sound like a distorted scream coming from outside definitely close by. Fear rising, I look outside again and there I see it. A coyote-like figure was staring at my direction from behind the cars, just outside of the reach of the porch light. Only it looked awfully wrong and it gave off an evil vibe just from seeing it. It was gray with very disheveled hair and a horrific orange red soft glow came from its eyes. I noped the hell out and ran to my bedroom. It was at this moment I had begun to also notice an awful stench in the air that smelled like rotting meat. I started trying to wake up my mom, who was like, oh my god, it's almost 3am, what do you want? I immediately began in a shaken voice, there's something scary outside. Then she said, now annoyed because I woke her up, it's probably just a stray animal or something. It's the res, animals wander all the time at night. She obviously wasn't getting the drift of what I was saying, so I screamed, there's some Blair Witch Project shit going on outside, man. (laughs) That got her attention. What? "'What the hell are you talking about?' she asked. Then we heard it. The thing outside started making more of its dreadful-like screams and started what sounded like thrashing outside on the ground. Hear that? That's what I'm talking about!' So both her and I got back up, looked outside the window, and the coyote thing was making its way to the door. It walked with an odd limp and dragged its back right leg as if it was handicapped. We could hear it start to scratch against the door and make this odd muffling moaning sound. My mom went and got my dad and they both started shouting in Navajo all sorts of words, telling the thing to go away and saying it's not welcome here. Well, all of this commotion was enough to get the rest of the trailer up as they came out into the hallway. The only thing my mom did was turn to them and said, Skinwalker, while proceeding to point to the door, noise is still happening. Apparently they already knew exactly what to do as my grandfather got out a handgun from a drawer and a bag of ashes. He coated a few bullets and loaded them into the gun and went straight to the door. Yelling out more Navajo that was too fast for me to comprehend, he swung open the door and fired twice. Nothing. The thing managed to escape before my grandpa could put a bullet in it. That's the fastest one I've ever seen, said my grandpa. Next thing you know, my aunts and my parents are freaking out about what just happened, saying stuff like, what if it comes back tomorrow and it saw us, does that mean we're targets now? Afterwards, my grandparents calmed everyone down, myself included, saying we'll be fine and we all went to bed. Morning comes and my grandparents call one of their neighbors and explain to them what happened. Apparently one of them was a medicine man who used to partake Navajo ceremonies used for healing and curing sicknesses and came over to bless each family member and the grounds outside. Today, I'm very convinced that what I saw was a skinwalker. I still plan on going back for visits to the family and the Northern Navajo Nation Fair, fun stuff. I just adamantly hope that I never have such an awful experience like that ever again. I cannot imagine ever seeing something, like, just limping and dragging its leg to my door.
1: <laughs> so, do all of them have, like, a weird, misshapen leg? Because I know you were saying the noodle leg and the other thing. So like...
0: <laughs> uh, so, like I said before in the beginning, a lot of the time, skinwalkers, when they try to imitate an animal, they can't look exactly like the animal. So, they'll have something weird about them that kind of lets you know that that's not a wolf or whatever they're trying to look like did
1: i okay so when i've heard of skinwalkers before and i don't know if you already said this so sorry if i'm re-asking but it's okay can they can look like people right yes uh do they look weird when they look like people um or is it just when they look like animals
0: what i read was mostly just animals but it definitely could be with people as well
1: because i've heard other skinwalker stories and it's like I've heard that you get, like, a, a weird vibe off of them, like, you know that they're just not right. Yeah. Which I'm sure is, like, the same thing, like, from this creepy wolf fucking thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, with a noodle leg and
0: whatever <laughs> dragging behind him. You see a, a, a coyote with a noodle leg, you know <laughs> you know something's up. I'm just surprised that his mom didn't know right away, because, like, they were just talking about yeah. it, and they were just like, oh, don't say that. Well, I mean, if, if it was so early in the morning, I'm sure she was, like, freaked out enough that she was like, nah.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I mean, uh, she was tired enough that she just wanted to go back to bed.
0: You have more, right? I have one more. Yes. So this story starts in 1995, which is when we were born. Ooh. Oh, my God. (laughs) First, this also, I I think it was from, like, Thoughts Catalog or something or from Reddit. It was one of those sites that I'll get these stories from sometimes. It is called, To This Day I Regret Looking to My Right That Night. It was 1995, and my buddy and I were on a road trip from Mississippi to Texas. We were driving through the night this particular time. This road was kind of like Christmasville Road. The locals reading this will know what I mean. The non-locals just have to use your imagination. It was dark, winding, full of hills that ended in curves. There were beady and glowing eyes on both sides of the road. You could hear the crickets and the bullfrogs over the sound of the wind rushing by that old sentra. It was peaceful and creepy at the same time. The humidity was a real thing, tangible. The air was thick. It smelled like pastures, hay, and swamp. We drove for what seemed like hours. It was after midnight, and I saw a sign that informed me that Bivens was the next town of any size. I was hypnotized by the yellow lines on the road. We hadn't seen another car in at least an hour. Sleepy. I rolled the window down and lit a cigarette. There was music coming from the radio. The tape player, it was either Tupac or Bob Seger. I smoked my cigarette, absentmindedly flicking ashes out of the window. I took one last puff and flicked the camel short off into the woods. Then, I saw it. I never looked to my right. I didn't even kind of peek to the right. Maybe I did a little when I flicked the cigarette away. I don't know. What I do know is that in my periphery, there was something running alongside the car. It was just behind my window, behind where the edge of the door ends and before where the back window begins. I looked over at the speedometer, 40 miles an hour. I looked at my friend, he was looking straight ahead. I looked straight ahead. I could still see it. I could see one huge arm, mattered hair, reddish brown, sticky looking primal. I eased my right hand over and rolled up my window. My friend was still looking straight ahead. His jaw was clenched and he put both hands on the wheel. He sped up. No words were said. I looked straight ahead and still out of my periphery. I could see that arm moving, muscles and tendons visibly rippling beneath that mattered hair. As the car gained a little speed, the thing running alongside us lost pace, slightly. I then saw the hand on the end of that nightmarish arm. The hand was clenched into a fist the size of a cantaloupe, a big cantaloupe. It was covered in the same hair but slightly darker around the fingers, like it was stained or something. Suddenly, the hand unclenched and then I saw the claws, black as this damned after midnight Texas night. Those claws were at least two inches long, sharp like animals. This wasn't a hand so much as it was the killing paw and claws of some beast whose only purpose was to kill and eat. I looked back at my friend. I looked at the speedometer, 50 miles an hour. I looked straight ahead, it was still there. I lit another cigarette, didn't roll the window down and simply said, shit. The music had stopped. I finally broke the silence and said, hey, do you? And before I could finish, my buddy said, I see it. I've been seeing it. I can't even see you, but I can see whatever the hell that shit is. How much do you see? More than I want to. Speed up, John, just speed up. I I can't keep up forever. I looked over, 55 miles per hour. Whatever was chasing us silently was starting to lag behind. I finally looked to my right just a bit. Imagine the scary part of the movie where you put your hands in front of your face but still peek through. In 37 years, I have two regrets. One is picking up that first cigarette and the other is me looking to my right that night. This beast was huge. Its chest was above the top of the car, and all I could see was that matted reddish brown hair. Then it bent forward as it ran. I saw the face of this thing. All reality stopped. We were no longer driving down some country road in Texas. We were now trying to escape from the depths of a monster inhabited hell. This thing's face is beyond my powers to describe. It was evil. The eyes were black and the pupils were red. It flashed its teeth at me in a snarl, yellow and huge. Saliva dripped from its mouth. It opened its eyes wide and it looked hungry and pissed off. Then it opened its mouth. The skin pulled back until all you could see were black gums and yellow teeth. Immediately, I could feel the car accelerate. Fucking hell, John, just go! I prayed. I cussed. I lit a cigarette. Then, like sunshine breaking through the clouds, the road straightened out. Don't you slow down! We drove through Bibbins, and we drove to Texarkana. Then we drove home. We never said a word. It was years later, 11 to be exact, before we even talked about it again and we didn't talk about it much. He said he never told anyone and I hadn't either. I told the story a few years back for the first time to a friend out on a gravel road. I told it a year ago to a couple of kids who wanted to hear a scary story while they sat around a campfire. They didn't sleep for a day or two but they asked me a dozen more times to tell them a story. I never told anyone until now that I saw its face. I've been scared for my life exactly two times. Once was on that road, and once was looking at a grizzly bear in front of me with a terminal velocity-inducing drop to the side of me. Call it what you will, call it bullshit if you want, but look me in the eyes and let me tell you this story and you'll know. Never doubt that there are things in this world that defy explanation and logic.
1: That one.
0: That one was scary (laughs) as fuck. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's probably also one of my bigger fears that I didn't really realize until reading that story. you like, (laughs) like, oh, fun, new (laughs) new fear. Love new fears. Is seeing something like that at night while driving. Like, running along the
1: road. I think even if it wasn't a huge thing, seeing anything running at the same pace as your car.
0: Beside you. Yeah. Thinking about it literally freaks me out. Like, I'm getting just anxiety. So, skin workers, skin
1: walkers, sorry can turn into bigger creatures that don't exist? Because clearly nothing's nothing's that big. So is that just, like, a different form? Or they only, like, partake after, like, you know, wolves and shit like
0: that? Usually it's just after, like, wolves. But like I said before, you know, how it's it, it, it's varied wolves. Like, things, mm-hmm. you know, wolves, but, like, not exactly like a wolf. Or I wonder if that was maybe, like, like a bear or maybe it turned into something big and... Who knows? And also the entire time when they were saying they kept speeding
1: up, I was like, watch there like be a really quick turn and all of a sudden they just like fly off the road and, I mean, obviously it's a story that he's telling, so it didn't happen, but like, imagine going that fast at night and, yeah, and then like you turn and then all of a sudden you fly off the road and then boom, you're just dog food at that point.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I can't, ooh, can you imagine just like hitting a tree and then it catches up to you? If you're not already dead. Yeah, if you're not already dead, but like, oh.
1: (laughs) And it's in the middle of nowhere. There were no other cars yes. or anything, so it's
0: just like... That's another fear of just driving in the middle of nowhere and you can't get in touch with anybody and yeah, it's dark. anything and... happens, you're fucked.
1: Like, God, for, like, if you're in the middle of nowhere, I highly doubt you're gonna have fucking
0: phone service. Yeah, no. Usually not, anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, now that I have a new fear, that's fun. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> well, I didn't know this
1: much about Skinwalkers, and now I'm a little uncomfortable. <laughs> 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 so that's... I'm hoping a geographical thing and yeah. not around here.
0: I mean, the only stories I've seen it happen are, like, New Mexico, Arizona, Texas. So, if you guys are from there, I'm so sorry. I'm going
1: to stay in New England <laughs> where we have good old classic
0: hauntings. And we have bears and, <laughs> and regular moose and stuff. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. But even driving, like, through the mountains and everything at night is terrifying it's beautiful during the day but at night because you're in the middle of nowhere and it's so
1: dark yeah we're also in New Hampshire so there's like a a shit ton of like giant pine trees and stuff like that so it's driving in any kind of back roads around here I'm so glad that I'm here during the day because normally when we record this podcast, (laughs) I come here at night and if I don't end up sleeping over, I drive home in the dark down all these back roads. Yeah. And it's, there's not a lot of lights on Mm -hmm. your street. And if I had heard this while I had to drive home, the entire time I would have been like, don't look out the windows. It's okay. You don't know that was, no, that's a tree. No, it's not a person. Okay, good. (laughs) Apparently
0: like your peripheral vision is more
1: powerful than your like normal vision. Yeah. No one just, no one realizes that it's more sensitive.
0: Yeah. Than your normal vision. Like, you can actually see a lot more than you think you can. Well, because you're not... Like, it's kind of like how you can see your nose at all times, but you you're not focusing it. on your nose. It's like that. So, when you focus on seeing, like, your peripheral vision, you can really start seeing it more so. Anything out of, like, peripherals where you, like, see something for a second. But it's not even
1: like you saw it for a second. It was, it was running with like them. Uh, I just... I don't I know. Like, I seriously have never
0: thought of, of something like that happening until now. And
1: <laughs> just, that, and I have a new fear, too, now. It's not even seeing a giant beast. It's just seeing anything... Running with running you. ...running along the road with me.
0: And am it I can I... read your thoughts. I forgot about that. Yeah. No! <laughs> no! So, if, <laughs> it, <laughs> oh God, if you're going to turn or anything, it will know. We just cursed all of you guys. Sorry. Not sorry. If you're thinking <laughs> of
1: skinwalkers, oh, my God. If you're in Arizona or New Mexico, I am so sorry.
0: If you Also, <laughs> if you're in that area, though, and you... your families from, like, the Navajo or anything, please give us any sort of stories or any information that you might have that I might not have found. This is, yeah, I...
1: If either of our topics, like, anything from, like, the skinwalkers or aliens and stuff like that, I know, like, some of you have actually reached out with your stories, and at some point we're gonna put, um you know, those on here, but we'd love to get a little bit more. So if you have, you know, any stories of your own personal alien encounter, skinwalker encounter, or any creepy stuff, we would love for you to send that, not nightmare podcast at gmail.com. Just
0: so you know, because we really (laughs) would love to read your stories on here.
1: I know. uh, We we also are on Facebook. I reached out on Facebook recently um, to find out if anyone had any stories they really wanted to hear on here. We actually got this, uh, my story at least, um, the Kentucky... Hopkinsville Goblins—that's a mouthful. That <laughs> yeah, is, got that from uh, my friend Nicole on there. So, so thank we you, do Nicole. listen to your input if you have any. Yeah. So, please, please. put some. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we always are looking for more because I mean we've heard a ton of these horror stories and we have plenty for you. But if there's any th- in particular that you think would be good for others to hear or like your own
0: stories. By yeah. all means, or if my. you're like, I've been dying to, for somebody to cover this story and nobody has. We would love to. Yes, I'm sure. Whatever <laughs> it is, that's another thing too. We ch-
1: we try really hard to find things that not as many people have covered. I know some of ours are in, you know, inevitably gonna be on another podcast. We know yeah, that. they're it's hard to avoid, unfortunately. Yeah. But we're not trying to do like all the super super basic ones. Like we're trying to, you know, look out. For different things, especially we love personal stories. Of course, you, I love whenever you bring like
0: the Reddit yeah. stories and stuff.
1: I love those; they just suck you in a little bit.
0: Yeah. And I'm super excited for I'm going my next story. I'm going to do I think next time. I'm going to be diving into some parallel universes. So, stay tuned. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I'm keeping my topic a surprise. So you'll
1: find you'll have to tune in next podcast for that. And we will be back this time because we're not in quarantine. No jinxing. (laughs) Knock on wood. Please. (laughs) (laughs) So we hope you guys stay safe with the, you know... Coronavirus thing, and obviously,
0: you know, skinwalkers and, and, and monsters <laughs> and everything going on in the world of 2021. Because who, who knows? Who salt knows? Salt windows and
1: doors, get some, uh, what is it, corn pollen? Corn pollen. <laughs> of course, rock salt. Yeah. I don't know what protects you from aliens. You're just on your own with that one. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, I don't think there is anything. <laughs> Apparently, guns don't do anything. So. No. So <laughs> we're just kind of fucked there, but. <laughs> but
1: I'm glad you guys tuned in. We're really yes. excited to be back. Yes. Um, I also, I wanted to say a special thank you to uh, Phoebe Danskin for creating our intro music and everything like that. I completely spaced on adding that to all of the other ones, so I'm so sorry, Phoebe. You did a great job. It was a custom little sound bed there. And also a special thank you to Napoleon Ryan for doing our voiceover for the beginning as well. Mm -hmm. Very good voice acting. Very creepy. Love it. And then a thank you to Alyssa McCallion for making the artwork that we have for our podcast as well. You're also talented. Yes, we appreciate everything because we would not have been able to do that ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> so, thank you guys. Um, and now, we're ready to blow out our candles. Get tucked in and, and as, as always, sweet dreams. <laughs>